You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 119, Charge Nurse Challenges. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey, how's everybody doing? I hope you're having a good day. I am super excited to jump into this podcast episode because we're gonna talk about something we've never talked about here on the podcast. So I recently got a DM on Instagram from a nurse and she was telling me about some of her challenges as a charge nurse. And she asked me if I had any podcast episodes that I thought would be helpful. And while there are a whole bunch that I think apply across the board and can be helpful, I was like, I haven't talked directly to charge nurses. We don't have an episode for charge nurses. So we're gonna fix that today. As I was thinking about charge nurses and the challenges they go through, I started to think about the charge nurses on my unit. I am so lucky, you guys. I've got the best charge nurses. And I think it's such an interesting dynamic between charge nurses and the bedside staff. It's kind of like a parent-child relationship in a way. Like one of our charge nurses we actually refer to very affectionately as Mama Margaret. She just retired. She's been there for over 40 years, but we call her Mama Margaret. One time, actually for my husband and I's anniversary this last year, she offered to babysit for us so we could go have a date night. And she came over and we told Evelyn, this is Mama Margaret. And so that's what Evelyn calls her. She always asks, is Mama Margaret coming over? And so I think it's just kind of interesting. As I was talking to different charge nurses and hearing about what challenges they experience and getting ideas for what to talk about on the podcast, I was seeing this theme that reminded me a lot of parenting. So today I'm gonna help you with some of those challenges you might be experiencing as a charge nurse. We're gonna talk about tantrums. We're gonna talk about supporting our staff versus doing everything for them and we're gonna talk about wanting them to be happy. So I'm excited to dive into this with you guys. Let's do it. So one of the things that got me thinking of charge nursing like parenting was in this DM that I got from the nurse on Instagram, she said that sometimes the nurses will throw fits. Like if they're getting the admit, or if she makes a decision they're not super excited about or upset with, right? Then they throw fits. Now, I don't know what she meant by that exactly, but an image came to my mind because I've got a three and a half year old and a one year old. So fits and tantrums tend to happen around my house on occasion. So I could relate to this very well. And even if it's not a full on tantrum, there are certain behaviors that I want to reinforce in my children and other ones I don't want to reinforce. So Eli, my one-year-old, one thing he's been doing lately is if I'm not feeding him fast enough, like if I'm not dishing up the yogurt or whatever, offering him bites fast enough, he will scream. Like the loudest, shriekiest, most shrill scream you've ever heard. And I don't really love it. It's not something that I want to reinforce. 
And so I try to wait to give him the yogurt or to give him the next bite so he doesn't learn that that behavior is appropriate. So this is something called the law of effect. It comes from a psychologist named Edward Thorndike, and he did a study where he showed that if animals are reinforced with their behavior, then they keep doing it, right? So what he did was he made this puzzle box that he put cats in, and outside the box there was a piece of fish that they were trying to get to. And so the cats, as they were moving around in the box, they would hit a lever just by mistake. And if they did, the box would open and they could get out and eat the fish. And as that happened, when the cage opened and the cats could get the fish, they learned that pushing the lever was the way to get what they wanted. So each trial, each time they would try putting the cats in there, it took them less and less time to hit the lever until they became very intentional about it. They would go over, hit the lever, and go get their fish. Now, this is what we do in our lives all the time. We are like cats flailing around in a puzzle box, (laughs) especially when we're little, right? We don't know what we're doing. We're not really being intentional about anything, but we try different things. We do random behaviors, and then suddenly something works, and we get rewarded with what we want. And we think, that was awesome. I'm going to do that again because I want to keep getting what I want. So I want you to think about this with the nurses on your unit. They might have had this behavior of throwing fits, whatever that is to you. They might have had that behavior reinforced throughout their lives. And I'm guessing they're not screaming and shrieking like Eli does when I'm not feeding him fast enough. I certainly hope not. And they're probably not laying on the floor, kicking their legs and flailing around, but their adult version of a tantrum or throwing a fit, they have learned over time that if I act this way, if I pout or if I make a snarky comment or if I just make this face, then often I get what I want. Now, I tell you this not to judge those nurses, actually to do the exact opposite, to see it makes sense. The way they're acting makes sense because certain behaviors have worked for them in the past. So they've learned this is how you operate in the world. This is how you get rid of the discomfort of getting the admin. This is how you get rid of the discomfort of feeling stressed and overwhelmed. So we can see it just makes sense. Like it's safe to assume that the reason they're continuing to do this behavior is because it's worked for them in the past, whether in this exact context or just in other areas of their life, when they've acted in this way, they've gotten what they wanted. So of course, they're gonna keep doing it. Now, where you come in is you get to decide, do I want to reinforce this behavior or not? So just like when Eli is shrieking in his high chair, do I want to reinforce the shrieking and give him the yogurt or not? Now, if you have been, if in the past you've been reinforcing it, where they do certain behaviors and then you change your decision to accommodate them, then you're reinforcing it, right? So it makes sense they're going to keep doing it. Now, if that's what you've been doing, I want you to know that that makes sense too. Because you're looking to get your discomfort resolved, right? When someone's upset, just like when Eli's screaming in the high chair, I don't like hearing that screaming. It's uncomfortable for me. And so it makes sense that I try to get rid of that irritant. 
And so I give him what he wants because that works. Then he stops screaming. So it makes sense that we do that, right? We try to accommodate them and make them happy because then we get to feel better. We get to get rid of that problem behavior, at least for a little while, until later they do it again because a new situation has come up, right? And they're wanting you to accommodate them again. So that's what happens. It makes sense that they do it and it makes sense that we do it. But now we get to be intentional about it. We get to realize, wait a second, I'm doing it to escape the behavior in the short term, but really in the long term, is it helping? Is it creating the dynamic I want with my staff? Or am I just giving them that reward and saying, do this again next time? So it's kind of interesting to consider, right? Now, I know not all of your staff members are doing that, but that's not probably the big problem or stress for most of you. That's kind of the exception, I think, sometimes that people behave in this way. But more often than not, I think it's our next topic we're going to cover, which is this idea of how do we find balance between supporting our staff and helping them and enabling just dependency. So not enabling bad behavior exactly, like they're not doing anything wrong, but they're dependent on us more than we'd like them to be. Like we can see they're capable of doing these things and they're not doing it. They're coming to me and asking questions that they could find the answer to. And so it's just taking up my time and using my energy instead of them expending that effort. So the same principles are gonna apply here, you guys. So what we just talked about with the law of effect, it's true for problematic behaviors, those things we label as problems or inappropriate, and it's true for things like just coming and asking you questions that they could find the answer to. When they come and ask you, how do you do this procedure? And you go look up the policy and find the answer for them when they're perfectly capable of doing that themselves, Do you see how you just rewarded the behavior? They didn't have to expend the energy. They asked you a question. You gave them the answer. So now they're like, oh, good. I got my fish, (laughs) right? I can go eat my delicious fish. I got out of the box. So they think I should just keep doing that. It's like when people tell me their husband doesn't make dinner. They're like, I always have to cook. He never makes dinner. I'm like, well, of course he doesn't. If you're always doing it, why would he? I bet if you stopped making dinner, he'd figure out what he was going to eat. But if you're going to make dinner, why would he do it? He's not going to, right? Now, I'm not saying that you should try that out. Just stop cooking dinner for him and see what happens. (laughs) You can totally have productive, healthy conversations. But I just want you to take that at face value. Like if someone was making you dinner every single night, Would you go make dinner? Probably not. And in the same way, staff nurses, if they can go to their charge nurse and just ask a question and their charge nurse will tell them what to do and give them the answer, then of course they're going to keep going back. So here's the deal. We know that as new nurses, they're going to need more support. They're going to need help finding those policies and having questions answered and all of that. That's totally fine. But eventually we want them to leave the nest, right? With parenting, we want our kids to learn skills so they can function independently. Most of the time. I think that's 
a goal of many parents. They don't really plan that they want their child to be dependent on them forever, right? So we don't want that for our staff nurses either. Now, if you do, if you're totally happy to answer all the questions and find the policies and do that for them, then awesome. Like if you're cool with that, then there's no problem. But if you're feeling resentful or angry or getting irritated by it, or you just don't have the bandwidth to do it, then let's help our staff nurses grow up to be independent. Let's help them leave the nest. Okay, so just like with children, we have to do it when it's developmentally appropriate. So Eli's learning to walk, right? And I'm not going to have him learn to walk on a tightrope over a bunch of flaming coals. That's not going to be how he learns to walk, right? So let's not do that with our staff either. Let's not push them out on the tightrope and be like, okay, you're a brand new nurse. Figure it out yourself. You're on your own. No, of course not. We can help them gradually take those steps and learn where to find the policies and learn where to look in the chart to find the information they're asking for or how to look up the medications. And yes, that takes a little bit more time at first, just like with a kid, right? When I'm helping Evelyn get buckled in her car seat, I have to explain how to do it and I have to be patient and give her the time to practice. And sometimes I would rather just buckle her myself. It's so much easier. So you can do that sometimes, but also keep in mind, what is your main goal? Do you want to help them learn how to do this themselves and encourage them to do it themselves? Or do you want to keep reinforcing that they should come to you and you'll just do it for them? Really, it's up to you. But I just want you to see that sometimes I think we feel like we're doing someone a favor by finding them the answer. But really, are we? If I always get my kids dressed, if I don't have them practice putting their arms through the holes in their clothing, right, to put their shirt on or their pants on, if I always put their shoes on for them or buckle them into their car seat, if I do it every single time, they might like that. It might seem like I'm doing them a favor and being a really nice mom, but they're not learning to do things by themselves. They're not learning the skills that are going to help them throughout their life. And as they get older, if I keep doing that, if I'm always the one talking to their teachers and asking questions about the homework and how to do the assignment and figuring that out, then as they get older, they're not learning those skills, how to communicate with others, how to advocate for themselves, how to solve problems. So you see how we're not actually doing people a favor when we do everything for them, though they may like it, though they may appreciate it. Okay, so those are just some things to keep in mind. It's totally your call. It's what you're comfortable with. But if you're feeling resentful and angry and overwhelmed, then you might want to consider making a shift. Okay, now I know what's probably on your mind is this dilemma where we think, yes, I would love for them to be independent. I would love to ask them to do those things themselves, but they're not going to like it. They're not going to be happy about that, right? And here's the thing. They might not be. They might love that you're doing it for them. Just like your husband may love that you make dinner every night or your kids might love that you give them whatever they want to eat or give them the toy when they throw a tantrum in the store. Of course they love that. And so if you stop doing that, 
they're not going to like it very much. It's going to be uncomfortable and weird. So if that's something you decide you want to do, where you're going to start encouraging your staff to be more independent, to find answers for themselves, then I would just plan on them not loving it. Okay? But here's the thing. That's okay. It's okay for them to feel uncomfortable emotion. As a parent, I don't like seeing my kids be sad or angry or disappointed. I would prefer that they're happy all the time. This last week, Evelyn was starting up preschool again. So not like officially, they don't start officially for the entire year till the fall, but they had some time off from school and then they start back up for a few weeks in the middle of the summer and then take another break and start in the fall. So I was really excited for her. She was really looking forward to starting up preschool again because she's missed her friends. And so the first day back, as we were driving out to preschool, I was just really getting her pumped for it and just celebrating with her that she was going back to school. So we're driving there and I'm like, what are you most excited for? And talking about how fun it's going to be to see her friends and her teacher. And then we get there and her teacher greets us at the door and is pleasant and chatting with me for a minute or so. And then she says, but you know, it doesn't start till tomorrow, right? (laughs) I was like, oh, I somehow mixed that up from the text messages. And so Evelyn was so disappointed. She was so bummed out that she wasn't going to get to see her friends that day. And I didn't like seeing her feel disappointed. I felt a lot of compassion for her and I wanted to comfort her and I wished that I could help her feel better. But I also knew that it wasn't dangerous for her to feel disappointed. So I didn't try to talk her out of it. I didn't say, oh, you don't have to be disappointed. You'll see them tomorrow. I said, yeah, that's super disappointing. You were so excited to see your friends. I'm sorry you're feeling disappointed. It's a bummer. Give me a hug. If you need to cry, you can cry. So I let her feel disappointed. And we can let our coworkers also feel those uncomfortable emotions. If they're feeling overwhelmed, Let's let them feel overwhelmed. If that's the best clinical decision is giving them the admit or whatever it is, asking them to go look up the policy themselves, if that's what's going to push them to learn and grow, then we can feel compassion for them and we can let them feel the discomfort of it all. Okay. And just like with our children, right? Like I didn't intentionally give Evelyn disappointment. I'm not hoping she'll feel disappointed, but when it happens, We can feel compassion for them, but we don't have to take it away because uncomfortable emotions aren't problems. They're not problems for us to solve. So we can let them experience the emotions. It's totally safe. Now, like I said, they're not going to love it. And you can try to help with that transition by letting them know ahead of time what to expect. If you think it would help, if you think it's necessary, if it is the kind of charge nurse you want to be, before you start the shift, when everyone's getting their assignment, you can let them know. You know, I love to support you guys. I love to help when you need it. But one thing that I want to try to do from now on is if you have a question, I'd love for you to try to find the answer yourself. We have so many resources. You can look up the policies. You can look through the patient's chart and see if you can find the answer yourself. So when you come to me, 
I'm going to start asking you, what have you tried already? Where have you looked already? Because I want to empower you to become an independent, self-sufficient nurse, to not need to rely on me quite so much with those smaller things that I know you're capable of doing so that when bigger things come up, I'm available to you so that I can really help where I'm needed. So you can give them that heads up if it feels like something you want to do. You can say, I'm going to ask you what you've tried already, where you've looked. And if you haven't made that effort yet by yourself, I'm going to ask you to do that before I jump in and try to find the answer. Okay, so I think that's one way you can approach it. Now, of course, the whole time we're keeping safety in mind. So if you're in the middle of an emergency, like during a code, isn't the best time to be like, well, you should look up how to do CPR. If you don't quite remember the steps, go look it up and come back and try Like, of course not. When there's something urgent, just like if there was an emergency and I needed to take Evelyn to the hospital, I'm not going to wait for her to struggle to buckle herself into her car seat. Like that's not the moment I'm going to choose to be like, I want you to practice this, to learn and to grow. So we're going to keep safety in mind. We're going to do what's developmentally appropriate and what's appropriate to the situation. But we can make decisions using our best clinical judgment when we're not worried about our coworkers experiencing uncomfortable emotions. So let me say that again because it's important. When we're trying to control other people's emotions, we don't make our best decisions. We want to make our best decisions using our clinical judgment, not fear of emotion. One of my instructors in nursing school, her advice was to tag your honor to the end of our reasoning for making a decision to see if it really checks out. So for instance, if you're a charge nurse and you say, I gave the admit to this nurse because I didn't want this other nurse to feel mad at me, your honor doesn't really check out, right? But instead, we want to use our best clinical judgment. So instead, we might say, I gave the admit to this nurse because this was their load at the time, and this was what was going on with the other nurses at that time. So it seemed like the most appropriate fit, your honor. Or this nurse, I knew had the skills to take this patient, so it made sense to give them the admit, your honor. So that's why I made that decision. Do I like those reasons? Do I feel like They hold up. But when we're just saying, I didn't want this person to be mad at me, or I didn't want them to feel overwhelmed, even though it made sense for them to get the admit. I didn't want them to feel overwhelmed, so I gave it to someone else, or I made a different decision, right? It it doesn't have to just be about the admit. But any of the decisions we're making where we're like, I'm going to go against my clinical judgment so that this person will be happy, or I'm going to go against my clinical judgment so that this person won't be overwhelmed or angry. Then you see how we're not making the best decisions for our patients. So we don't want that to cloud our clinical judgment. It's okay for them to feel whatever emotions they're feeling. So just like with my daughter, I love seeing her happy. I will go out of my way to try to do things that I think she'll enjoy. Like the other day, I had bought some new pajamas because mine were getting kind of ratty. And I was like, I'm going to buy some luxurious pajamas. So I've never bought silk pajamas before, but I bought some. And 
My daughter was so funny. When I walked into the room and she saw them for the first time, she audibly gasped. She was like, oh, that looks great. <laughs> and she kept touching them being like, they're so soft. And so I decided that I was going to buy her some silk pajamas that matched mine. I found them in the same exact color and I bought her some pajamas. And so when they came, because I got them on Amazon, of course, I let her open the package and she was thrilled. She was so excited. She couldn't wait to put them on. And so I love things like that. I love doing little things that make her happy, but I'm not going to make her happy at the expense of her personal growth or at the expense of her safety or the safety of others. Because her happiness isn't the top priority. I love her happiness, it's important to me, but there are other things that I have to keep in mind. And those things sometimes require some discomfort. So I'm willing to let her experience it. And I feel all the compassion, all the love, but I know it's okay. So that's what I want to challenge you guys to do. As charge nurses, to think about how you want to approach your decisions. How much are you willing to do for your staff? And how much do you think it's best for you to do for your staff? What do you think would help them grow the most? I know many charge nurses want their staff to respect them. They want them to think they're a good charge nurse. They want them to enjoy coming to work when they're charged. But if you respect yourself and you love your reasons behind the decisions you make, then it's okay. It really is. It's okay if they don't approve or if they disagree. Let's take into account their opinions. Let's talk to people. Let's have compassion for them. But ultimately, make sure you respect the decisions you make, that you like the reasons behind your choices. And here's the thing. If you're using your best clinical judgment to make decisions, my hunch is the shifts will feel smoother. They will go better. Not for everyone. Everyone's not going to be happy all the time. But you're going to be assigning the appropriate patients. You're going to be making those decisions that are going to help patient outcomes. They're going to help things function more smoothly. So even though it might feel a little bit rocky at first or a little bit scary to try it this new way, I encourage you to be willing to do it, to let go of managing other people's emotions and instead make decisions from a place of clarity. All right, my lovely charge nurses, thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out with me. And thank you so much for the work you're doing. I know Sometimes you have to make unpopular decisions. I know sometimes it's challenging and overwhelming. So thank you so much for serving your units in this way. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a beautiful week. Take care.